Welcome in to another episode of the Three Man Rush. I am the Big O, Jerry Ostrowski. She is Sarah Larson. And uh, welcome into it is the Three Man Rush, but tonight it will be the Two Man Rush. Is um, as we're in a little bit of a transition, and you never know, we might emerge. It's like pro wrestling. We might come out with another nickname. You know, it's kind of like Mick Foley. You know, we had Cactus Jack, we had Mankind. You know, we'll have all different names. So who knows? But um. Good evening, football fans, and welcome to this episode of Three Man Rush on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network, uh, presented by Picasso's Pizza. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day. Picasso's, we are Buffalo's Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online, picassospizza.net. Sarah, I know you're up in the lovely, rainy, dreary Boston. Uh, how was your yes. trip up? It was nice. Uh, it was it was pretty okay. The turbulence was ridiculous, uh, but it has been raining all day long. Uh, we have a, li- a little bit of a, a warm front coming through, and then tomorrow it's supposed to drop like ridiculous before game time. So uh, so it'll be uh, interesting to go from it being almost 60 degrees today, and then tomorrow it's supposed to be in the 30s. So I uh, definitely hope I brought enough clothes. <laughs> Well, I think uh, the good news is you're prepared. 30 is almost kind of like a heat wave for for Bills fans, for sure. But we're going to get into that Bills matchup tomorrow night uh, up in uh, Foxborough as the Bills go up Thursday night football, and they'll take on the New England Patriots. But, of course, we want to get into what we love to talk about, and that is college football. And, and right now, we're close, Sarah. We're close. The college football playoff is very close to absolute chaos, which I don't know about you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that. And um, why don't you real quick just kind of drop who our top four is, and we'll yep. uh, we'll talk a little bit about what might happen over the next couple of weeks. Yeah. So uh, I think we've already met the chaos. I, I love it. Um, I was pretty I was pretty excited to see we got had a little bit of a shakeup over the week. Um, so right now, I mean, Georgia's still number one, obviously, and then you got uh, number two. We have uh, TCU, um, or excuse me, uh, Michigan, and then TCU. At, and and Daryl's in the comments; he's going to yell at me for that one. Um, <laughs> TCU at number three, and then uh, USC at number four. Which I'm excited um, to to see that a couple of the games that happened over the the course of the week last week that I was saying could could shake up the um, the playoff selections actually happened and we had LSU lose and we had uh, Clemson lose. So a lot of those uh, results definitely uh, is going to have an impact. So Ohio State's now down to number five, uh, which I believe rightfully so. Um, but how, how are you feeling with the, the way everything has kind of shaken up and how do you feel with Ohio State at five and what do you think's gonna do? You, do you think there's a possibility that they can sneak in this week? I think the laughable thing of this whole deal is when you look at the top four teams, and obviously Georgia is the cream of the crop, right? Uh, Georgia is a football team that has dominated all season long. Uh, Michigan with an absolute statement game in uh, Columbus, and the thing is, this was not an, uh, a close game. This was not a last play of the game or a trick play. This was a Columbus beatdown by Michigan, okay? When you look, you know, when you look at this game, and it's the way, and to be honest with you, guys like me who like old-style football, this is what you got last week. You got a bunch of, you have five men up front for Michigan. I mean, their offensive line is big, they're physical, and they will get after you. And you had this team where the first half, maybe they didn't rush the football as well as they wanted, but they took over in the second half and just physically dominated an Ohio State team 
that we heard were told was right. was arguably the best team in the country. And they got embarrassed at home. Um, yeah. I was laughing. Stephen A. Smith, <laughs> who came out and said they need to take the V away from Ohio State. And they should no longer be the Ohio State. They should just be Ohio State. So, yeah. obviously, they're sitting at five. Um, they get beat by Michigan. TCU, we're going to get back to them real quick because a buddy of mine talked about it today on local radio. He used a term that Saban likes to use, rat poison. There's good rat poison and bad rat poison. TCU right now is being fed bad rat poison. And we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But, yeah. you know, USC sitting at four, and we're going to talk a little bit about our Heisman hopefuls. Um, right now, I think it's – I don't know if there are there are hopefuls. There's a bunch of hopefuls trying to be second because I think Caleb Williams is an absolute stud, um, a top five pick, probably quite possibly when he comes out, the top pick in the NFL draft. But, Sarah, I think you're hearing some things, and, and I want to get your opinion on this. We're hearing stuff about TCU being in a position where Kansas State – they play Kansas State in the in the conference championship this weekend, and we'll get into those games here in a little bit. But they made Kansas State the 10th-ranked team, I believe. They're either 8th or 10th. I think it might be 8th. 10th. Okay, so they made it the 10th-ranked team. And people are saying that if TCU loses, it's okay. They're, they're, they still could be in that top four. They're not going to get leapfrogged by a two-loss Alabama or whatever. It's no. absolutely rat poison. They were, If you remember correctly, they were the second-ranked team at one point, I think in 2014, and got knocked out of the BCS championship yeah. game. I actually, on it, I think if if TCU loses because they've struggled all year, um, they've won all year, but they've struggled through those victories. Yeah, it's, had uh, come... it's hard to say that because if you say that, then you better uh, winning. Winning is winning, but I winning is winning, saying. but not when right. it comes to not when it comes to you selecting teams because you know they they've always said the resume matters. Right. So you know the the way you look, um, the way your defense looks. Um, all that stuff plays into their consideration when it comes to selection. So I honestly think if, if TCU, um, TCU loses um, this week, then Ohio State will go back in as number four. That's, well, let me ask you I, this. Mm-hmm. Here's a question. If they lose and USC loses to Utah, then who's in? That's uh, So you're saying if TCU and? Yes, if TCU and number four USC loses, which – is a very strong possibility considering USC's defense. Yeah. If they so, lose, if they both lose, who are the two teams to get in? Because you would think, by all means, they're trying to find a way right. to get Alabama in that four. Yeah. So I would either say that you know I would say Ohio State would make its way back in there, um, and then it would be a kind of a toss up between. TCU and Alabama. I think that um, you know TCU could fall to four, but maybe not fall out. Um, I don't know if we would look at a, a, a two loss Alabama at this point, I, especially considering they don't play this weekend. So, right. you know, uh, I, I honestly think that it would be, you know, TCU moves into to four and then uh, Ohio State would move back into to three uh, if that was the case. But that would be utter chaos. <laughs> exactly. And that's that's what I want. I mean, that's what we all want. But I, I don't have any faith whatsoever in this selection committee. Um, I've had faith before. I've, when Joe Castiglione ran it, I thought it was run well. Castiglione's the AD at Oklahoma. Um, some others have done a good job. This this group tends to really drink the Kool-Aid on, um, are you an SEC team? Are you a, a blue blood? Are you an elite, you know, an elite program? 
Um, you know, you look at national championships one and Heisman trophies one, you would think USC, you know, they are one of those types of programs, but you know, they're fragile at four. Um, TCU, like I said before, they have a history of not even getting in when they were they were two in the country. Um, I don't know. It's 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 something that's gonna it needs to, you know, it's gonna be interesting because LSU, I think, for all intents and purposes, with three losses, you even if they won an SEC championship, how do you put them in, right? Right. Well, and um, LS, LSU fell too far, I believe, this past week with their with their loss. They're now right. down at like I think 14. So I don't think LSU um, could could even make you know a case at this point in time. Um, so it'll it would be interesting to see. But do they want you know two SE you know SEC teams in there? Do they want two Big Ten teams in there? You know, it, it depends on what they're what they're really looking at at this point in time because really the SEC is the the better the better conference. On paper, no, you can say I mean, on paper, conference. there's a lot of people that disagree right. with that, especially this year. No, um, it is. But but you and I have ha- actually had that conversation regarding you know uh, the Big Ten because you know Michigan against Ohio State, the way the way that the divisions are right, you know, broken up. You know, the East is a powerhouse compared to to the West. Right. The, the divisions suck. So realistically, the Big Ten you know conference championship, which we talked about the other day. That was last week. You know, the, this week it's it's a joke. So, you know, I honestly think that they might not want two Big Ten teams in there. They might not want Michigan and Ohio State back in the top four. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, who can win this week and, you know, who would fall out and uh, who would be brought back in. You know, I think that if, you know, but what happens if you put Michigan, I was thinking about this because you and I talked about it the other day. If you bring Michigan and you move them, you separate Michigan and Ohio State, you put them in either side, right? do you then get a Michigan Ohio state championship every season? Right. So I, I can kind of see where they're coming from that. Maybe they're giving themselves an opportunity to let some other teams in, but I agree last, the championship game was last week. Right. Now anything can happen. I mean, you know, anything can happen this deal. And, and, and I will say this, Jeff Brom, uh, who is the head coach at Purdue, the Boilermakers, um, who is playing Michigan in the, in the uh, big 10, if anybody actually even, remembered that okay Purdue eight and four but Brahm is a former quarterback from Louisville um he played a little bit in the league then went back to Louisville coach offense coordinator before he got his head coaching job at Purdue I think after he left I believe it was Western Kentucky um they're good for one of these a year um I know I said this earlier about LSU but if anybody can pull off a crazy upset in a championship game it could be Jeff Brahm the Purdue Boilermakers now You'd have to think human nature says Michigan's like, hey, we beat Ohio State. We're, you know, we're, our daubers are down a little bit, so to speak. And we're not, uh, maybe they won't be up as much as they should. But uh, I think that game could be better than uh, than people let on. You know, you got the number two team versus uh, an unranked Purdue. So uh, it could be interesting. I mean, I, yeah. I don't I, I don't know if it's going to be that easy of a game. For Michigan, See, I have that as late. my easy. I have that as my easiest game. I don't have. I have right. that as like not a game. <laughs> right. I actually exactly. joked about it all week long. I'm like, it's it's ridiculous. Uh, so, in my opinion, Michigan should be a shoe in in the in the top four. Um, right. So, but but let's get into that. So we have uh, the SEC conference championship with uh, Georgia at number one, who's undefeated against LSU number fourteen, um, who was nine and three. Uh, how are you feeling about this game? And, you know, what do you think 
obviously, what do you think the the result is going to be at the end as well? I think Georgia has their way with LSU. I know LSU is a good football team. They're they're a little bit better than their nine and three record, but still, I'm not quite sure they have the offensive firepower to to mess with Georgia. I believe this game will be played in Atlanta, will it not? Yes. Um, yeah. And so you know, and I know they kind try of, to share. Yeah. Right, they try to share tickets and all that, but this is a home game for the Bulldogs. Kind of and home game, yeah. Yeah, and it's probably going to be. I would predict it to be a coronation. So to speak, <laughs> I think that uh, <laughs> I think that Georgia is, is an unstoppable force right now. And when I look at this four, um, really, who's fighting? You know, this who wants to be ranked fourth and have to play them in the first the first round of this fourteen playoff? I don't. I, I wouldn't want to do it. But you know, me personally, I would love to see a Michigan Georgia national championship game because I think Kirby Smart does a wonderful job. And to me, nobody embraces old school football and new school football ideals with NIL and all this stuff than Jim Harbaugh. I think Harbaugh's a wonderful coach. I think he's entirely underrated. And um, if anybody can pull that upset off, it would be Harbaugh. I don't think that he's a bad coach at all. He just annoys a lot of me. I didn't say I didn't. I didn't bring anything up. I didn't, I didn't bring you up. Uh, I didn't just, say well, I didn't, because I get I called out for it all the time. He just annoy, <laughs> he just annoys me. It, it's I'm not saying he's a bad coach. He annoys me. Right, Brian right. Kelly annoys me. You know, it, it's just one of those things. Nick Saban annoys me, and maybe it's because they are the best of the best. You know, but right. those those three coaches just irk me so and uh and it's it's more that you know just their demeanor and 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 maybe that's what it takes that they're all cocky in their own way but um so do you have a a score prediction right now now lsu's quarterback has been nursing a uh an ankle injury so right right now they're still saying uh jaden daniels is going to start but if not, um, they could be having their their backup come in, which completely different play styles. So Georgia's kind of got to prepare for both. We do realize that Georgia is laying 17 and a half points in a yes. championship game, correct? Yes. <laughs> we do get that. They're actually laying more points than Michigan is against an eight and four Purdue team. Yep. So when we get to these types of deals, I don't know. I don't usually... I, I think Georgia's going to dominate. I think Georgia it's going to be like thirty something to thirty something to under twenty. I don't really know. I don't. We're I don't close. get into the scores too much with this because when I look at when I look at co- conference championships and then they move on, it's to me it's about surviving advance. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the season. There's a lot of injuries. There's a lot of situations we don't know about. Who's upset and's already in the portal? Um, Monday could be just absolute chaos with with the portal, and you're going to see some things, but. Um, I do like, yeah. yeah, and you're already seeing things. I do like Georgia in this game, and I like them pretty, uh, pretty easily. So I have, uh, I have Georgia dominating, but because the spread is so big, I actually have it at 17, and um, so LSU covers by a half a point. So I have 38-21. So we'll see how that that goes. Uh, the next, and you know, I think it's probably going to be the best game is the Big 12 game, which is uh, number three TCU who is undefeated, uh, reluctantly <laughs> undefeated, uh, 12-0, um, who are two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, against number 10 K-State, uh, who are 9-3. and three. Now, they did play earlier this year, and I was wrong about that. I uh, I, I was on the, the K-State train um, 
very much so. I, I had just enjoyed watching them play this year. And they were just kind of the the team that just, you know, slugging it out and they're they're finding ways to win, which is kind of what TCU's been doing as well. Um, but they lost uh, 38-28 uh, earlier this year. So I'm doubling down, though. <laughs> it's going to be a sea of purple out there, too, which is going to be cool to, to, right. to see. But um, it is going to be played in Arlington. So TCU definitely has a little bit more of the, the home field advantage, but they are a private university. So uh, they don't have as many alumni. Um, so I'm hoping K-State shows up. Um, but I am going to double down as I did earlier this year. And, uh, I am picking K-State again, but very close 31 30. I, I think I also was, chose K-State in that first game, but I am not choosing K-State in this game. <laughs> although I think it's going to be an incredibly good football game. I personally think this will be the best football game of the weekend. Um, TCU laying two and a half Kansas State. And if nobody under, if nobody remembers or nobody knows the history of Kansas State, they they hired the head football coach from North Dakota State, the guy who coached um, uh, to all the national championships, the guy who coached Carson Wentz. Um, this is a football team that likes to be physical. They like to uh, they like running quarterbacks. They like uh, they like to play with extra tight ends and fullbacks. Again, fossil type football, my type of football. Um, I like what they do now. TCU, they're more open on offense. They'll spread it out. Max Duggan's had a great year. He'll probably be. If he wins this football game, I think, and they go to the championship, um, or I should say the Final Four, I would expect him to be in New York for the Heisman. I think he's had a that type of a season. But I keep going back to him because I know him and I trust him, and that's Joe Gillespie, their defense coordinator. I think TCU does an incredible job on defense. They play a 3-3-5. And don't kid yourself, you think a 3-3-5 is a, is a, is a defense that's uh, totally for the pass. And it is. You're going to rush three. You can drop eight if you're having some issues. But they can come up and play run defense. They play an extra safety. Um, they're not playing extra corners. They're playing extra safeties. And uh, they will roll downhill, and they will tackle you. So um, I like TCU in this matchup. I like the familiarity they have against uh, against the Kansas State Wildcats. And I also like the fact that it's another home game. There's going to be purple everywhere. But you know TCU will will show up in Arlington and Jerry World, and I like the uh, I like the Horn Frogs in this one. Yeah, I mean I went back and forth a, a lot with this with this game. I just have not been able to jump on the TCU train. Um, it, it, but they find a way to win. So to be honest with you, in my head I was like, you know, they're going to be down in the in the fourth quarter and they're going to make it a game. But that's why I had them, you know, only losing by one, but uh, but still trying to make a game of it late. Um, no, I, I like your pick. I mean, I think your I think your pick is good. I, I would not be shocked if K State wins. I really yeah, would. I just, you know, and again, I there's a part of me that <laughs> really wants to see another shakeup with the, the right. playoffs. So I think it would be interesting because it it kind of goes to show that having a four team playoff, and we've had that conversation before, and we'll definitely have the conversation again into in more depth. Only having a four-team playoff, uh, how it affects you know these selections right. when you have um, I, these late in the season losses when not everyone's playing because when you have conference championships and you're not playing, right. you know Ohio State doesn't have you know doesn't have a chance to make their own case that you know they should be back in it this week. So it'll uh, you know it's interesting to to see it be sh- you know shaken up a little bit. Do you think that like if if you believe in like extraterrestrial life, right? If you believe that there's uh, another planet and this some faraway solar system that is inhabited by 
by people or some sort of living being and they they fly their spaceship down here and they look at how we you know how we determine a champion in every other sport we have and then they look at how we determine a champion in college football which many think is our most beloved sport i mean they have to think we're nuts right Right. I mean, the way we the way we determine a champion in college football, to me, uh, there's no other way to describe it but ignorant. I just don't yeah. get it. So I, I'm I'm glad we moved away from BCS. Um, I, I did not like a computer, you know, uh, originally deciding, you know, who was going to be number one and number two. Um, but a four per a fourteen playoff is just not the way to go. So it'll be interesting in a couple of years when they when they move to twelve. I look forward to it, but waiting until I think it's twenty twenty six is just not going to be fun in the in the in the meantime. So uh, the next game we have um, the Pac twelve, which I actually think this is going to be a very good game too. Uh, number four USC, who's eleven and one, is taking on number eleven Utah, who's nine and three. The uh, the uh, USC, the Trojans, they only lost one game this year, and it was to Utah. I think it was a one-point game, 43-42, 42-41, somewhere around there. So it was a one-point game earlier this season. I honestly think that this is going to be one of those uh, good games again. And uh, <laughs> USC has got to prove that they can actually do something on defense. Um, that's been kind of their problem all year long is – they can score like you want to believe, but they have not been able to stop um, other people from scoring. Well, I guess sh I should say that they have up until what they what they score because they're still getting those wins. But um, I think that USC figures out a way with uh, with this game. I still have it close, but I have it high scoring. So I have this one as a uh, USC 41 and Utah 38. You know, you look at this game and uh, USC is minus three. Uh, against Utah, and when when you look at USC, when you're from where I'm from, you can't feel uh, you can't help but feel a little bit jealous or envious because this is the, this is the football team that should have been the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, it is exactly how the Sooners were built. They played very very sparse defense, and they had a tremendously quick striking, um, uh, fast strike, potent offense led by freshman, true freshman last year, Caleb Williams, who's now a sophomore sensation and honestly, to me, has completely run away with the Heisman Trophy voting. I don't see how anybody else um, – I know that uh, – I know that um, oh, uh, my man that, my man from Ohio State – I'm sorry, I've, I've played a lot of football in my life. Um, CTE is real. But uh, he, you know, he lost his – he lost his chance last week getting completely dominated by um, by Michigan. And he was a big part of that. Stroud was a big part of that. Thank yeah. you, Daryl. I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I didn't realize you were – yeah, CJ Stroud. Yeah. I didn't realize you were actually CJ looking Stroud. for – Yeah, <laughs> I was looking, I was fishing for his name hard. Um, but, yeah, so anyway, CJ Stroud had a rough week. He was as much of a part of that as Michigan or as Ohio State's uh, run defense was in that, in that loss. So uh, Caleb Williams is tremendous. Um, their receiving core is tremendous. Uh, call Lincoln Riley what you want. He is an offensive mastermind. And, um, you know, Utah. He's still, sorry. He, he's the one that uh, calls the plays there at USC, right? He's yes, he still calls the plays. Basically, he just took most of his offensive staff and um, minus, um, minus uh, Bill Beatonbow, who is the offensive line coach, who's still in OU, took most of his offensive staff and then most of his defensive staff 
and um, in, including the defense coordinator, Grinch, and um, just moved it out to USC and took the players with them, which is scary considering that's getting ready to happen on Monday. Teams are going to lose players because of the transfer portal yep. and all those things. But, uh, you know, Utah will play defense. I like what they do. Um, they usually are a physical type team. And I think it will be a good football game. I think USC will prevail. I think they'll win by two scores. But I think Utah will make it interesting for quite a while. All right. And then we have the unconference championship game. (laughs) I'm going to call it that. Um, Number two, Michigan, uh, 12-0 versus Purdue, who's unranked at 8-4. I believe uh, there's a 16.5 or 17-point favorites for, for Michigan. You know, I, I honestly think that it's going to be, they're going to destroy them. So I, you know, I have a 38, 41 ish Michigan to 17 Purdue. I just think that the, I think the only thing Purdue has going for them is Michigan might go in thinking, you know, Hey, you know, we just beat Ohio state and you know, they, they do still have some injuries. I know, um, Quorum was hurt, uh, last week, but Edwards came in and had over 200 yards rushing. So I don't think, I think their offensive line is just so good that it really doesn't matter who has the ball. Um, and I think they're, you know, pretty much just going to run all over Purdue. You know, I've, uh, like I said, Jeff Brom does a wonderful job at Purdue. Um, talking about doing more with less. Uh, that is a, that's a tough job. It's a, it's a private school funds, uh, funds a little bit limited. But um, they do a wonderful job in the Big Ten, and he's going to put a competitive team on the field. Um, Michigan, um, and by the way, I, I, I did know what a Ute was. Uh, I, I props <laughs> to Daryl Fletcher for the Joe Pesci reference. That's what I was looking for. What is a Ute? The two Utes. Anyway, um, great movie. But um, going back to the game, I digress. Um, you know, who thought McCarthy was going to look like a potential Heisman Trophy winner, right? Last weekend, um, he was throwing the ball all over the place. Um, I hope Corm's back. I mean, that's another thing we haven't talked about. Corm didn't play last week. He tried to play, yeah. but he didn't play last week, and they still dominated, right? Mm-hmm. So um, the only thing that beats Michigan to me is Michigan. And I find it hard to believe, you know, Saban – What's funny about this is Saban's sound pieces are always out there for everybody here. He likes everybody to hear. For a guy that hates the media and hates a whole bunch of interaction with fans, he certainly gives a lot of it up, right? And, um, you know, we talked about this earlier, the whole rat poison comments. And as my friend Jeremy Poplin talked about today on the radio with that TCU uh, deal, can they be in with uh, one loss, uh, rat poison. I'd have to think that that Jim Harbaugh has done a uh, – a really, really good sales job, almost a, almost a Lou Holtz like sales job, um, to get his football team ready for this weekend because it's just human nature. I, I know people think I'm crazy, but sometimes you know it, it's true. Sometimes before a game, you're sitting in your locker in a chair and you're scared to death. You know your stomach is going and you are scared to death. And there's sometimes you're at your locker. And you're doing a crossword puzzle and you're, you're drinking a cup of coffee because you don't quite have that fear because maybe the opponent isn't quite as good or perceived to be as good in your mind. So um, it kind of goes along. That's that whole saying, you know, you play up to your opponent. Right. That's that's human nature, Sarah. It happens sometimes. And I think yeah. the only team that can beat Michigan is Michigan. 
Yeah, well, I mean, that's still kind of the definition of a trap game, which Daryl said it it happens. Uh, sometimes you you just don't show up uh, because, you know, in your mind, you're just better. And and that's the, the problem. So hopefully, you know, I can't even believe I'm saying it, but hopefully Michigan shows up <laughs> and um, I have them on my my parley. So uh, I definitely uh, wouldn't mind seeing the money. So um, I, I don't and- know. It's like my goal in life is to get you to like the the, the Michigan Wolverines. I don't know why. I, I don't just have dislike this. them. Now I dislike Ohio State. So I was pull, even though I picked Ohio State to win last week, I was rooting for Michigan. I was rooting against okay. myself. So okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah. So before we move on, I just want to remind everybody: if you can subscribe and like, uh, please click on that button. And then uh, I wanted to kind of move on, change pace a little bit to to kind of talk locally about uh, Syracuse and UB. So uh, Syracuse finally found a win against Boston College. Um, they had been hurting quite a bit over the last uh, five weeks. So right now they are bowl eligible. Um, they do have several people who are talking about, especially in the wide receiver corps, um, talking about entering the transfer portal. Um, they're kind of waiting to see what bowl game they get. Uh, right now, I have them um, potentially based on where they're seated and everything in the ECC, the Gasparilla Bowl, Military Bowl, or Pinstripe Bowl seems like the three that they will get. Not one other than I would say Pinstripe, not one of them is, you know, um, anything really to, to write home about. So how do you feel about Syracuse's, not only their season, but where do you feel like, you know, they need to go Um Especially if all the, you know, because they had such a bad, uh, see, you know, season towards the end of the season. How do you feel like, you know, what do you feel like they need to do heading into next season and in the bowl game itself? Well, the good thing about bowl games and what's funny is, is that and people talk about bowl games that aren't worth, you know, trash bowl games or bowl games that aren't very good. But all football teams are trying to get to a bowl game. And there's a couple of reasons. The first reason is it's a reward for your players. They put in a bunch of hard work. They're going to get bowl gifts. They're going to get things. They're going to get a week of practice at the place that they go. Most of the time, it's at a pretty cool place. Um, you're going to get to uh, go to events and all those things. It gives your family a place to go vacation a little bit. So there's that reward of hard work. But what what bowl games have become with the with the transfer portal, it's it's become another game or a plus one game for your youth for the guys, your depth guys on your roster, for you to some, for you to go ahead and play guys that maybe you think you might have to rely on next season, you get an opportunity to have them play a game and get probably 15 to 20 more practices before that game. And it's a huge, huge deal with the transfer portal. Like you just said, that receiving room, the rod receiver room, they're wanting a bunch of them wanting to transfer. So if they don't go to a cool bowl game, in their mind, they're going to get in the portal, which means they won't play. Well, now the fifth, sixth, seventh wide receiver that's right. young that, that they're going to have to rely on next year is going to get a bunch of reps in these practices, and they're going to get to play in that bowl game. So it's tremendously um, big for development of, of your football team for the next season. Now, when it comes to Syracuse, you look at their team. Last year, they, what, won two games, maybe three at the most? I think it was right. two games they won. Now they've won, what, seven? Yes, that's a big jump. You got five more, right? Five more games won. Plus, now you're going to a bowl game. So you have an opportunity to win eight games, and then you have an opportunity to to practice 15 to 20 more times with all that, and then play games with all that depth. 
it's huge for their development for next year. And it's right where Syracuse needs to be in their development, in their uh, in uh, Coach Baber's uh, attempt to get them back to right. where they were in the past. And, and Baber's made the comment over and over and over again that getting a bowl game is right now the the goal. Not what bowl game, it's getting a bowl game because that helps right. with recruitment and that helps with development and everything. So I'm excited for them. Um, in order, you know, for that, that they became bowl eligible. I mean, obviously they became bowl eligible five weeks ago, six weeks ago. Um, and then they just went on that losing streak. But uh, another local team, Buffalo Bulls, the the University of Buffalo, um, the they actually, the Bulls, they actually um, were not bowl eligible because they um, missed one game um, due to the snowstorm. So uh, the MAC conference actually has rescheduled that game for Friday. Uh, it should be, in my opinion, a very it, it should be a very easy game for them to win, so that they will become bowl eligible, which is huge for UB. Um, for them to actually get a bowl um, is a big deal, uh, and you know, showing up because UB for the first time has had you know a, a really good uh, has has done a really good job recruiting out of state as well. So. Um, that game, again, I don't know if you have any, uh, opinion on it, you know, Akron's, I think one and nine, so, um, we should run away with that game and UB should be able to be, you know, become bowl eligible. Yeah, actually Akron's two and nine, Buffalo five and six, uh, they'll play at UB stadium on ESPN plus, um, Friday night, like you talked about, I think UB, if they want to win this football game. They're going to have to to uh, do what they do best on offense, and that's rush the football. Rush. Yeah. Um, you know they're they're a hundred they're they're better. Put it this way, they're one hundred twenty seventh rushing the football, um, and a lot better than um, Akron is. Akron, I believe, is like I talked about before. I think it's Joe Moorhead is their head coach. He wants to throw the ball all over the place. Former Penn State coordinator, uh, Mississippi State head coach for about five minutes. Um, so anyway, I think that. Uh, I think that um, they're going to have to run the football and avoid mistakes. And, you know, when you start looking at this stuff, it, you, you just have to you just have to go ahead about your fundamentals. You have to go ahead and, and stay true to what you got, and um, you should be fine. So I'd like to say it'd be, it'd be an easy football game for, for the Bulls to win. I don't know if anything's easy for the Bulls right now. <laughs> So I, I hope it is, and I hope they go to a bowl that puts that puts UB in a bowl game, that puts Syracuse in a bowl game. Uh, huge, huge deal, and uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully that uh, that is something that they can pull off and right. uh, and get done. It's something good to see in New York because we don't normally see that for for you know right for exactly. So I'm excited exactly. for both teams. Uh, again, getting a bowl is a is a big deal. Um, but let's get on to, to the other Buffalo team, the Bills. Yep. Uh, we play again on Thursday night. I'm, I'm here in Boston waiting for uh, a nice uh, train ride probably down to uh, Foxborough tomorrow. And uh, we're taking on the Patriots. And how do you how are you feeling right now? Um, there's a lot of people who are very confident. And then there's a lot of people who see how we've been playing the last few weeks and who are less confident. Uh, how are you feeling right now about um, the Bills and and how do you feel about us actually winning a divisional game? Because right now we're zero and two. Here, here's how I'm feeling at the present moment: Von Miller out, Deion Dawkins out, 
Um, who else is out? That's, I mean, we right seem, now that's it, and then yeah, that um, seems to be it. Yeah, yeah. And so I, my problem with Deion Dawkins being out is that we talked a little bit about this the other day. With Dion out, you're not affecting one. With with Dion out, you're affecting one position. If Mitch Morris was out, which I guess Morris is going to try to play, but if he goes out, you're affecting three positions because Ryan Bates is going from right guard to center. So I really, really hope and pray that Morris can play because it'll give us as close to a starting offensive line as we've had in the last so many games with Quisenberry having extensive time on the right side. Hillman move to the left and, and start for Dawkins. So um, hopefully that solidifies that group. But that group, it makes me nervous a little bit. you got Quisenberry on the left side. You've got Spencer Brown, Spencer Brown who's not been playing very well <laughs> on the right side. And I, I, John Fien and I talked about this the other night on uh, Buffalo Late Night with uh, Thomas and those guys. It's A lot of it is some technique stuff. And John is a if, – if you really want to get into technique of offensive line play, you have it's really important if you listen to John. John is tremendous technician. I was always more of a mauler and got it done the way I wanted to get it done. And but I had technique, but not like John. John's technique was impeccable, and he picked up on a little something that Spencer Brown's been doing with his right foot, that's been uh, opening up, which is then in turn opening his hip and uh, causing some issues. And we all know that a football term that you'll hear is waist bender and hip bender and a waist bender is a guy that can't drop his hips down and back he bends at the waist to get low and spencer has some issues with that probably due to his back injury so if we can clean that do you also think it's because he's too he's just too darn tall i feel like you know his height might actually cause him some right right we we uh, hey i played right tackle at six six uh six four barely six four probably six three and five eights is what I think I was at the combine, right? You sound like me. So, Five, right. three, I, three think, quarters. <laughs> I think stouter guys that are a little bit short, that are tall, but not overly tall, win the leverage game against some of these long defensive uh, defensive ends or defensive linemen. Um, you know, Spencer does have some problems with your, with your shorter, faster type defensive ends. So you're very right, sir. That's a great pickup. Um, but he's got to play better. Hopefully Quisenberry can man that left side again where he jumped in halfway through the game last week for Dawkins, and hopefully Morris is effective. Um, Vaughn, without Vaughn, if 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 Rousseau is is truly back, if he's not 75 80%, if he's truly back, I think we can absorb that for a little bit. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a game plan guy. I mean, when people see Vaughn in the game, they change their game plan yeah. for him. Yeah, so I, I'm – you know, I'm not as worried about the defense as I am our offensive line. So right. I, I'm, I am a little worried about protecting Josh. Uh, he's been, he's been brutalized a little bit the last couple of weeks and, you know, I'm not trying to, to call out Spencer Brown, but some of it is because of that, but we also have had a lot of injuries on the line. So yeah, I, I understand that. Yeah. yeah. So I three definitely positions. understand that, but I, I feel like our depth on defense is just enough that, Yes, we're going to miss Vaughn. And if it was more than a, you know, a game or two, it would be heartbreaking just because of who he is and having him on the sidelines. He, you know, from my understanding, he didn't make the trip at all. So, um, but I, I feel like, you know, Shaq Lawson's going to come in. He's going to do great. Rousseau's back. He's going to be hungry, you know, because he's been out. So I'm looking forward to, you know, to seeing what our defense is. Our defense is technically as healthy as, as it's been in, right. in many weeks. So, 
other than, you know, missing out on, on Vaughn, I feel like we pretty much have the, the whole crew back. I expect Trey to have more touches at this point. Um, I know we had him at like a 15 or 16 pitch count last week, so he should come in and, and play, you know, more. I don't think he'll come in and play, you know, hundred percent of the snaps at all, but, um, you know, and, and we've had people step up. I mean, AJ Klein came in last week. I think he had a hundred percent of the snaps and did well. Um, it, it'll, I think if I'm going to be worried about something, it's not the defense right now. Now, I don't think, you know, they, I don't think they have anybody on their secondary that scares me a lot. Uh, now their running game, I think Stevenson is good. I think he's very good. And, uh, he was on my fantasy team for, for a while. And I, you know, that's why I started paying attention and then I traded him, but, <laughs> but well, let me I give you, that... and I think you're right. Let me give you a little stat though on that. Okay. Ramondre Ramondre Stevenson, who also is a, I'm going to, I'm going to rep it every time. He was an Oklahoma Sooner. Um, (laughs) He's got six, only 680 yards on 151 carries. Motor Singletary has 552 yards on 124 carries, quite a few carries less and really not uh, that much of a difference. I'd say, you know, hundred yards or whatever, but not that much of a difference. Uh, They've got the same average per carry, but almost the same touchdowns. Now, Singletary's had a couple fumbles, but I agree. I think Stevenson's a difference maker, but I, I don't know. This New England team just – I don't even know if it's Tom Brady that they're missing, but something on their offense is not clicking the way it normally does. An offensive coordinator. <laughs> right. There you go. An offensive coordinator. Uh, uh, I mean, uh, that's my opinion. I don't think Patricia should be calling plays, but I'm glad he they, is. They don't have an offense coordinator. They're horrible. We're the first, second-ranked team in offense, and our offense coordinator is horrible. Everybody's offense coordinator is horrible. Well, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give Dorsey a little bit of a pass. Uh, well, you, you better. Know, he's a Miami. He's a Miami yes. alum with you. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we we were at school the same exact years, so um, I you know I know Do- Dorsey well, but so I am gonna give him a little bit of a pass. I don't know if it's growing pains or if he just hasn't opened up the playbook yet or um. If the, you know, if the, the team is just not, you know, kind of grasping the whole playbook yet, I I don't know exactly where it is, you know, what it is. All I care about is that they start getting it going um, again, but I feel like we just kind of went away with, from what, where we were at the beginning of the season. And I've said it over and over and over again. I feel like at the beginning of the season, we were doing a lot of the short yardage passes and they were exploding into more you know, the whole yak thing, we were, we were, you know, we need the yards after catch, we need the yards after catch. And that's what we were focusing on for many, many, you know, weeks. And it worked. And, you know, I'm looking forward to us getting back to that. Now, I want to talk just quickly about about Cook. So people keep on ragging on me because I've been ragging on him. I don't think he is a bad running back. I don't think he's the number one running back. And I know you and I have had that conversation as well. So, but my biggest thing is I know he's a a back that is supposed to be catching the ball. I get it. He is a receiver by trait out of the backfield. He is just not doing it at all. So I really, really, really wish that Dorsey would just hand the ball off to him. Stop these little passes because I think he gets into his own head. And when we stop doing it, he, he tends to look better. And they threw the ball to him a couple of times in Detroit. He dropped them. It looked terrible. And then they stopped and they went, they went with the run 
And then he's you know, like, not, excuse me. I shouldn't say the Detroit game. It was the Cleveland game, but he, and then he looked great. And then the right. Detroit game, he looked, he, he looked like he couldn't produce again. And I, I don't know if it was because they, they threw him a, a couple passes. He dropped them. And then the rest of the game, he just looked off. Well, first of all, let's, let's fix something. Our number one running back isn't, you're right. It's, it's not, it's not him. And our number one running back isn't Devin Singletary either. Our number one running back is number 17, Josh Allen. Um, you know, <laughs> and, when I look, it it, and when I look at this game tomorrow night, New England does a really good job in the secondary of confusing quarterbacks. Um, We're going to have to figure out who the number one running back is tomorrow, whether it's Cooks, whether it's Singletary, whether it's Josh Allen. We've got to run the ball effectively tomorrow night. That's what I believe. I think we're going to have to have another game where we rush the football well. And I think I'd really like to see Josh Allen called Josh Allen runs because he's going to get some scrambles because they have with, with, with Judah over there and all that, they've got some pass rushers. So he's going to have to scramble out of the pocket, but I would like to see him involved early running the football and let's see if we can get him in the flow of the game to where New England can't sit and play some of their junk coverages. They play some of the uh, some of the soft coverage they play to confuse quarterbacks, and they do a really, really good job of it. So, um, you know, I would like to see – I'm with you. I mean, and, and Spence made a comment on the, on the chat, and if you want to chat it in, come on in, chat it up. Also, smash that like button. Subscribe to the show. We'll be on here every week. We're a little bit early this week, but we'll normally be on Thursdays live, uh, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central time. But, you know, Spence made the comment, he's better than Hines, talking about, talking about Cooks. He might be, Spence. You know why? Because we haven't thrown the ball to Hines yet, right? I mean, everybody's telling us we got him here because he's he's an explosive back catching the ball in the backfield. We can see him in the slot. We can see him do all these things. Haven't seen it yet. Great returner, you know, very, very reliable. But, you know, let if we're going to trade and give up those picks that we gave up, why is he not more involved? Why are we I not honestly- getting him the ball? I honestly think that Jerry, that we got him only for the return because our return game was was so bad. Still, um, you know, from the the beginning of the season through you know through uh, week nine, I think we were one of the the worst uh, return teams. One of we weren't the worst, but we were one of the the uh, worst. So I honestly think that we brought him in mainly for the you know for the whole idea that he can finally be that secure back to return the, the ball because we didn't have confidence in anyone. And and I think as fans, every time you watched, you know, McKenzie or, you know, even Duke had, you know, one good re- return, but then, you know, he came in and he had a bobble, but he, he still caught it, but he still had a bobble. It's one of those things that like every single time that we saw somebody catching the, uh, you know, a punt return, it was like uh, cringe. Like you didn't, you were just so concerned that, they were going to turn the ball over in the process and most of them couldn't get, you know, many yards at all. So I'm actually the way Hines looked last week, um, you know, returning, I am excited to see what he can do. I, I have a, a feeling he's going to break one soon. Um, he just looks the part. So I'm excited for that. But yeah, I mean, I would like to get him a little bit more involved in the offense, but maybe we're just waiting, you know, uh, I, I don't, think that we should be throwing everything out there too soon. So 
maybe we we wait a little bit and then you know Dorsey's waiting to unload <laughs> and unleash towards the end. Well, of I the feel season. like a sucker, man. I feel like a sucker. I'm sitting here all excited and we're all talking about bringing this guy in that can catch the ball at backfield. And then I'm going, the Colts' offense is bad. Why are they giving away a a weapon? <laughs> Why are they giving somebody away for a fourth round pick? And um, so I almost feel a little bit. Uh, I'm almost a little bit embarrassed that I, I I I bought into this Heinz thing as much as I did, but who knows? Maybe he'll show up. But you know, if you look at New England, Sarah, um, as far as passing yards go, um, they are uh, they're ninth in the league against uh, in pass defense, averaging 198.5 yards a game. Um, they're ninth in the league in rush yards, um, 109.3. They're sixth in points, while the Bills are, uh, you know, they're ranked. Uh, fifth in points, just a little bit ahead of them. Um, New England plays some good defense, especially especially against our strengths. Um, you know, obviously we're second or third and basically almost everything rushing yards. Uh, as much as everybody likes to say we don't have a rushing game, a run game, uh, we are ranked eighth in the league at 136.7 yards a game. Uh, and uh, New England, they're only rushing for 109 yards a game. Yeah. So you know, we do have some things, you know, obviously offensively we we outclass the Patriots quite a bit, but defensively they're they're a good football team. It's going they to are. be a test. Yeah, and Judon is gonna be that big test for us. We need to make sure, especially considering our O line is not, you know, uh healthy. So that's gonna be the biggest, you know, I think the biggest challenge is making sure we protect Josh. Um and I think the the other big thing is making sure on on defense we get off the field on third down. So I think you know, that's yeah. that was my key to the game is getting off the field on third down. So we've been letting up, you know, first and second down we have you know all these great plays, and then third and long, and we've been giving up these ridiculous amounts of um, of plays lately. So I think that that's kind of uh, you know the key. That and then obviously you you have the same stuff that you have every week: protect the football. And that's a great point about third down. You know, this is a New England team that's ranked 10th in the league on third down. They're holding teams to 38.5%. But, uh, you know, the Buffalo Bills right now, they're 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 getting third down conversions on a clip of over 50%, 50.8%. So that's a great statistic. I mean, I think that is going to be a huge part of the game. But, again, please, I want to see I, – I, I'm sorry. It's the way football's evolving. You guys wanted it. You got it. I mean, we have to do something with these quarterbacks out of college that we see. You know, we talked about Caleb Williams. You know, we talked about C.J. Stroud. These are guys that run the ball out of the pocket. Right. They move around. They can make plays with their feet. Josh Allen's no different. And um, if his style of football leads him to playing 10 years as opposed to 15, I know that stinks, but that's just the way it's going to have to be because you can't change these guys. So hopefully we see him get in the game, get a couple hits, get up, get that kind of, you know, that attitude that he does get. I love every bit of it. I love it. To me, to me, there's no better play. And I know you hear me harp about this. There is no better play than the quarterback run game in, in football right now. With the way defenses are, when you can add a blocker, there's no better play. And our guy does it better than anybody. So hopefully we get a little bit of that going. Yeah. And loosen up that secondary and make some big plays. And we've talked about that a lot. It's just making sure that the running back that we have in there can actually block as well. Right. And, 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 it's a great point. It's a very good point. But you know what? It's, it, I mean, he's going to have a, a lot of opportunity to rush the pass. Um, 
obviously he's going to have to scramble a little bit. So I'm excited about tomorrow night. I'm excited that this is one last Thursday game. Am I correct? Yes. Yes. We don't have we to might play have on Thursday Saturday, anymore. We, we might. Yeah. Um, we might have a Saturday you know, game coming up. Right. I can handle Saturday games. I'm okay with those. I do not want to have a uh, games. And to be honest with you, it's kind of fun to have, have something to watch on Thursday night. But if the NFL really wanted to protect their players the way they say they do, they would do away with Thursday night football. Yeah, I agree. I I don't. I, I mean, I love obviously as a fan. I love watching on Thursday, but uh, coming from you know, hoping that our your team is healthy and everything else, I, I honestly think that the Thursday game should be be done away with. Well, it's 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 too much too soon. You, the body the body cannot recuperate. The body cannot recuperate in that amount of time. But hey, real quick, we got a few minutes left, Sarah. Uh, real fast, um, let's just break down the uh, conference championship games real quick. If you people jumped in and they didn't catch them earlier. And again, if you like the show, hit that like button, uh, hit the subscribe button. Uh, we're here every week. We're not going anywhere. We're going to be here in the offseason as well. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the draft. We're going to talk about the bills and how some of these college players we've talked about during the season uh, might possibly help them uh, in the upcoming season. But real fast, I'm just going to go on real quick. Uh, lightning round, SEC game, Georgia laying 17 and a half against LSU in Atlanta. We both picked Georgia, right? Yes. Georgia big? I have uh, Georgia big, but LSU covering the spread by a half a point. There you go. You've heard it there first. Um, <laughs> big 12 Big twelve game down in Arlington, number three TCU, 12 and 0, giving up two and a half to number 10 Kansas State. I like the Horn Frogs, and I like them covering the two and a half. Yeah, I got K State thirty-one, TCU thirty. There you go. I'm gonna tell you, you this is good. This is good. <laughs> and we didn't even talk about this either. We just went ahead and we come on. Uh, Pac-12 game, I believe. Where is that one being played? By the way, do you know? Ooh, I don't remember. I don't. I remember. can't remember either. But um, actually, that's probably one of those. They're they're so lame. They're probably playing it at USC. But anyway, number four USC eleven and one with Heisman Trophy, uh, with the Heisman Trophy um, front runner uh, Caleb Williams, a quarterback, giving up three points to the number eleven um, Utah Fighting Running Utes. Um, I like USC in this one, and I like them covering the three points. Yeah, I have forty-one thirty-eight, so they just covered the three. I think it'll be a two-score game. I think USC's just got too much firepower for them. Uh, and I think that uh, as good as Utah is, um, I know they're nine and three, but they are ranked eleventh. Tough football team. I still like uh, I like the USC Trojans with that one, and also the Big Ten game. I believe is being played up in the uh, Lucas Oil Dome up in Indianapolis. Number two, Michigan, Sarah's favorite team, uh, the twelve and zero Michigan Wolverines. Um, go Big Blue! Um, they are giving up sixteen and a half versus the Purdue Boilermakers, who are eight and four who have found their way in the championship game by the good graces of the man upstairs himself. Um, uh-huh. I like Michigan. I don't like Michigan covering the spread. Wow. I have Michigan big. I have 38-17. All right. You have that. And um, I'm going tomorrow night. I'm going to go Bills in a close game. It will be a score or less. Wow. 
All right. I I have right now, I have 31-24, so I guess it is a score. Um, but there's a part of me that just feels like we're going to we're gonna step up on defense. I just feel like we're, there's no way we can let Mac Jones, who had a, who had a good game last year, you know, last Thursday, I think he had over 300 yards. I just feel like we're not going to allow him to pass like that um, on us. So I feel like, it, it, you know, we could hold them under, you know, 17. So I'd like to see that 31-17. Um, but I have 31-24 as, you know, my listed. I picked the Bills uh, getting, I think, into the 30s the last couple of games. I don't think they're going to get into the 30s. I think they'll stay in the 20s. I could see New England being uh, 17 or less, scoring 17. 13, something like that. But um, every time I, I predict, every time I pre- predict a blowout, it never works. So <laughs> I'm not predicting a blowout this week. <laughs> Man, I was so, I was so stinking fired up about Thanksgiving last week. I was like, it was like bills by a billion. I didn't care. Yeah. I, all I could think about was Thanksgiving and noon and, and cooking and hanging out with family. I was like, bills by a billion. There's no way that it'll be close. And they have to come down and kick the field goal at the last second uh to win it so um yeah. you know but it, again it's survive in advance right you go ahead you uh you win and you advance so um any final thoughts yeah no i think that uh it'll be a fun game i'm kind of over these night games to be honest with you so <laughs> i'm looking forward to to getting back next you know next sunday to the 1 p.m game i was really happy that it wasn't flexed because there was a possibility that it was going to get flexed right so uh We'll uh we'll see uh what we can get back at home. Uh, the, the next uh three games are all division games, so it'll be a big deal. They're all important. Yeah, that should probably have been the prediction. Do you predict we will finally win a divisional game this week? <laughs> yes, I do. <laughs> yes, <laughs> we we need to. I I mean, I really honestly think if if we're zero and three in the division, it just I mean, you know, it, it would change the dynamic, you know, and right. we need Miami to to lose a game. So hopefully uh, the 49ers come out this week and uh, and beat the pants off of them. Well, I'll be fired up because uh, we'll be we'll do our show on Thursday night in a few weeks. And then I will be flying up to Buffalo with my boys and we're going to come up to the Dolphins game. So oh, nice. we'll see you up there. We'll see you up there at Definitely. the tailgates. Um, I'll, you'll get to meet my sons and uh We'll get ready for a good football game. So I'm extremely fired up to come up for that Miami Dolphins nice, game. Nice. All right. We'll tailgate. So uh, you want to you want to lead us out? You want we just want to, this is the one thing. This is the one thing we have not talked about. You right. To take us out. You or we me. don't have. <laughs> you can go ahead this time. All right. I'll go ahead this time. I'm the big O Jerry Ostrowski for Sarah Larson. Uh, you've been listening to Three Man Rush here on the Buffalo Rumblings um, Vidcast Networks, and um, As always, go Bills and one love. Go Bills. We'll see you next week.